Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hey, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 35 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about Olympic memorabilia. Oh, and is there a lot of that around? There's just so many different types of Olympic memorabilia that can be bought and sold and picked and collected. What's your experience with listing Olympic items for, for resale and picking up? Well, I've listed everything from patches to pins, coffee mugs, a lot of Coca-Cola brand products I found at miscellaneous thrift stores over the years. I did have a big collection of a large framed, it was like 16 by 16 framed glass from the Atlanta Olympics, and it was miscellaneous Coca-Cola pins from different characters, cartoon characters actually, representing different Olympics, and it was a high collectible pin collection. I was having a hard time moving it, and then finally someone reached out and said, if I buy these, would you mind removing all of the pins from the frame. I don't want the frame. And then that would make my cheap, my shipping less. And sure, I was happy to do that. Sure. So I took the frame apart and then carefully, they all had the pin backs on them and put Mm -hmm. all the pins in properly. And then I folded them nice in tissue paper and then bubble wrap. And it, it was a lot cheaper, but I honestly never even thought of that. I wish I would have actually had that in my description up front right? because I think that would have, you know, helped with the sale. It went for about $85. It could have gone higher had I been more clear in my description. So there's a good tip for everybody. Don't be afraid if you see pins that are framed in the glass and make mention that you're willing to remove them and ship them that way. Was this like a window box kind of frame? Was it deep, the frame? No, actually it wasn't. It was like a regular frame that you could get, you know, anywhere. And they were just pressed lightly in some velvet fabric. So they they did sit nicely behind the glass. And it was glass? It was glass. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't ship it that way. I, <laughs> I just don't have much luck shipping glass. We've talked no. about you know framed artwork for and how to do that with metal pin behind it and pressing on the glass. Right. I would think you'd have so many places to crack that glass and then you'd yeah. have, have another problem. So you still have the frame or you had the frame for a while? Did you resell it? Did you stick it in a closet to relist? What happened with the frame? Well, actually, uh, the frame broke once I once I took it apart. The frame fell apart. It was just a plain uh, metal frame. It was, or actually, no, it was wooden. It was a wooden frame, and it it actually fell apart. But I kept the box <laughs> because <laughs> the box was really nice, and it it was a nice padded box for shipping. Mm-hmm. So I have it for future sales of paintings sure. or something. Some of the the very most expensive collectibles 
are official Olympics collectibles, like torches and medals. And that's the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about Olympics collectibles. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked around, uh, official collectibles come in varying types. You can get official passes and programs and credentials and event tickets. All of those sort of things are, are collectible and they're official. And official Olympic memorabilia is more valuable. Uh, and it's out there just because there have been so many Olympic events. And for example, not too long ago, I don't know what the, the figures are for, for this Olympics, but in, in the last Summer Olympics, there were over 10,000 athletes, uh, almost 5,000 medals were, were mm. given away. And it's not, not just medals. They have these events broken down into 33 sports, 46 disciplines, total 339 medal events from 206 countries. Wow. So w when you think about the size of the Olympics and all the people that are going, when I see something, when I see Olympic memorabilia at an estate sale or flea market, something like that, I like the, the first thing I do is try to break it down in, into three different categories. And the first one we just spoke about, that's official Olympic uh, memorabilia, but there are other kinds. There are a lot of commercial types of memorabilia. Uh, you mentioned the collectible collection of pins that you sold, but companies like Coca-Cola and, oh, let's see, who else here? Fritos. Yeah, Fritos and you know, Airbnb, Bridgestone Tires, Dow, General Electric, Toyota. A lot of the really big multinational companies will sign up and as sponsors for the Olympics. And of course, they pay a fee to do that, but in return, they get a license to promote their own brand, their own take on Olympic merchandise, and they have exclusivity in their particular genre. Those corporations make clothing or accessories, t-shirts, decal stickers, mugs, drinking glasses, figurines, patches, plates, all large assortment of collectibles, and those fall under the commercial. And then there's uh, consumer items. Those are things that people who have attended the Olympics buy that aren't dedicated to or aren't marked and marketed by a, a corporation. They're not official Olympics collectibles. They're not commercial. These are things like uh, Olympic souvenirs or ephemera, tickets, that sort of thing, programs. Those are the things that people who attend the Olympics would mm -hmm. get when they attend. So I find it easiest when I go into a flea market to look at it and break it down into those three categories because the, I'm going to get the highest prices for the authentic Olympic-issued memorabilia. The second highest prices is going to be for the consumer things, the programs and the tickets and, and things that people would have when they actually attend the Olympics. And then the least expensive generally is going to be the commercial things uh, like Coca-Cola buttons or McDonald's Olympic glasses, or plastic cups, something like that. The commercial things are going to be the least valuable simply because they make so darn many of them. Yep, that's true. I know even the press passes right. are interesting with the press that has attended the Olympics. Right. I have a friend that tries to not miss any Olympic events, and mm -hmm. he's a writer, so he gets press passes. And 
collects as much memorabilia as possible when he's there. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting because, as they say, when the market's hot, <laughs> you know, sell, sell, sell. So, of course, during Olympic time, it is it is the time to get those Olympic items listed online. And if you put in Olympics 2021 in um, sold listings, it's interesting to take a look on eBay, for example, on what has the signed items are going for and it's amazing the the like Simone Biles autograph card they were asking $999 so I don't know they accepted an offer but I'm sure it was right up there sure so if you have anything signed of course and especially if they're even if it's an older version and they're they're in the Olympics now. They're competing now. You might want to get those items listed as well. Right. It looks like the tops cards are just killing it on on eBay. Oh, I'm not surprised because card collecting is huge at the moment. Uh, other things, for example, any items from Olympics where there was a notable event. For example, in the late 80s, I think it was 88 or 89, when Jamaica fielded a bobsled team. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal because mm -hmm. the guys had never actually seen snow right. because it doesn't snow in Jamaica. So the fact that they even had a team was special. If you had a jersey or a signed piece of ephemera from someone on the Jamaican Olympic bobsled team, then that would be very valuable. Okay, Dana, this is a good place to stop for a word from our sponsor. So let's pass the torch to WorthPoint. Hey, eBay sellers. It pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. We're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing flipping Olympic memorabilia. So let's pick up where we left off. Now I see a Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games opening ceremony use ticket. It says use ticket on, but it says it says Tokyo 2020. Wait a minute, 2020, that, that sounds strange. This is 2021. They're having the Olympics right now and they only do this every two years. So where does that 2020 date come from? Is that is that a mistake? Is it a misprint? Well, it looks like from my research that it was scheduled for 2020. And then with the pandemic, it was changed to 2021. So that means that the items that were printed with 2020 on them are going to be more valuable. Which explains that high price. Yes. Almost $1,000 for a ticket. Okay, now, now I get it. And that's that's true across the board, though. If they're it's it's just like coins or uh, things that are improperly uh, stamped and misprints and that kind of thing, the rarity makes them worth more. And when you have something as popular as that, I mean, the pandemic. Let's hope it was a a one time thing, and that the next time the Olympics come around, it's 
things will be back to normal, but uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and then it says these games will mark the first time in Olympics history that it's ever been postponed. I I hate to disagree with you again, but uh, uh, I don't think that the pandemic is the only time that it was canceled. I think that in World War I, 1917, 1918, and then probably as World War I continued, it was canceled. It was canceled during World War II. So that's probably, that would have that would have been about uh, four separate Olympics. So I, my guess is it's probably been canceled four or five times or more. Wow. You know, you, you could be right on because I just found um, an article that says the modern Olympics has been canceled three times on all account of World War. So you were right. I was on the right track anyway. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, well, let's hope next time it comes around there's no world wars and there's no pandemic. Absolutely. And the thing is, too, it makes me wonder about the value of the items that were pre-printed. Sure. Well, they're gonna, they're certainly going to be valuable because they're because of their rarity. Sure. I mean, imagine having a printed program from Tokyo Olympics 2020. Torches, though, I think are fascinating, too, especially the, what is that called? Oh, the relay torch. 1936 Olympic torch from Berlin Games sold for just $2,000 in 2018. I would have thought they went for a lot more than that. Hmm. And the 84 Olympic relay torch, number 22211. So, all right, 1984... Uh, the Summer Olympics was held in Los Angeles. There were 4,500 torches made. Wow. According to Wikipedia. And as I look up sales on eBay, I see that a 1984 Olympic relay torch number 2,211 sold for $2,600. So if these are like, numbered collectibles yeah that's i don't know i'm i i did a google search on um to tell the difference on replicas on the torch and up came a website that clearly it's the olympic museum website Mm -hmm. and it shows an original 1936 torch and then a 1972 replica and it says the original torch is very hard to tell from the replica, but a clearly difference is the higher foot. So there are people out there copying the torch. Copying the torch. Hmm. I guess that surprises me because the prices that I'm saying for these uh, on eBay aren't that high. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that, I guess if you sold a lot of them for $2,000 that it might turn out to be something, but it seems to me like there's not enough bucks in here. I mean, it's not like art <laughs> or something like that where there's yeah. a lot of reward for the level of risk. Well, I can't believe Franklin meant to get in on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, a big company like that would have to have a license to do it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, those respectable companies act in a respectable manner. The crooks will do whatever they want to do. Okay, speaking of Franklin Mint, they had, um, of course, 
coins. Olympic. Yeah, I put in Franklin Mint Olympic in worth point. Right. And if I switch the category, let me switch it to sports. And I will switch it to... Okay, yeah, I am finding some some Franklin Mint items, actually, but they're coins. And then I did right. find a few pins from right. Franklin Mint. Women's Volleyball 1984 Sterling st- Silver Stamp. And that sold for $13. Right. So Franklin Mint is out there. Yeah, they're not going to... I don't think that they're going to have all that much value. I mean... Uh, I understand Franklin Mint's uh, business model is built around the concept of collectibles, but you can't manufacture collectibles. It's like trying to manufacture antiques. You know? Well said. Yeah. Well said. We need to put that on a, on an icon of some type, quote unquote. That's right. Maybe we get Franklin Mint to press them into a coin. <laughs> Yeah, you can't commercialize collectibles. It just doesn't fit the mold. There's no comparison between, well, I mean, any kind of commercial pen, a Coca-Cola pen, unless there's something else that's particularly notable about it. Didn't you say that the collection that you had had Disney characters? Yeah, there were comic books like Donald Duck. and Right. Yeah, there were comics. Things like that, they would have been produced in large quantities, but it's not the kind of thing that people hang on to forever. Yeah. They may. But the the especially valuable things are going to be the official memorabilia from the Olympic Committee and things that the individual attendees collect in terms of ephemera and and, uh, souvenirs and that sort of thing. Or scandal. You know, if if there's some type of a scandal that happens at the Olympics and um, one of the athletes has an issue of some sort, then they they well, look at look at Simone. Her her items actually are going higher right right now as we speak. And and other uh, Olympics that have had notable events uh, like the bombing in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Not mm-hmm. too long ago, mm-hmm. uh, if you attended that particular Olympics, then that has not just val- anything you have from then ephemera, ephemera, ephemera or whatever is not only going to have value as an Olympic collectible, but also it will have historical value because it will be that day in Atlanta and you were there. So those those things tend to have more value. Yeah. So another thing I want to point out for those of you listing your Olympic items, of course, you want to get them listed no matter what year or what game it's from, because the collectors are out in full force. If you, when you do your listing, you may want to consider listing in two categories and not only the category that your item, like for example, the program that I was mentioning earlier, they actually listed it in entertainment movie memorabilia. Hello? <laughs> Don't let the algorithm pick your categories, really. <laughs> yes. And why they did that, I have no clue. I <laughs> yeah. um, they, still, they still 
sold. So it was obviously because of people searching for the program books and it did sell. However, my suggestion is not only should you check your category and this was a person that listed in eBay USA, but their location is in Japan. So they didn't know how to look for categories, obviously, but pay attention to those categories because we do, as I'm sure you've heard me mention before, you got two types of eBay shoppers. You've got your search engine shopper, and then you've got your category shopper and your category shopper will just go to the Olympic category and start scrolling for the newest listings and, you know, trying to build their collection. So make sure that you add now, in that situation, personally, if I was listing that, I would have listed it in an Olympic, historical Olympic category. And then I would have had a second category under paper programs, that kind of thing. So I would have right. definitely, you want to increase the odds as much as possible for higher sales. Okay, Dana, here we are at the finish line for episode 35. And you deserve a gold medal. Thanks, everybody. So long. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.